0: Welcome to the official podcast for Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization. I'm Beth, a.k.a. Triumvir Clio. Welcome back. This should be a short episode for your Friday, assuming you're listening to this the day that it drops. Uh, We have two short poems to cover today, the two Homeric hymns to Athena. They are number 11 and 28, um, and I'll talk about them in that order. As with all of the previous Homeric hymns, I'm using the Susan Shelmerdine translation from 1995. Hymn 11 is a mere five lines long, and I can't give you much background about it. <laughs> it follows the standard format of invoking the goddess, saying a little bit about her, and then saying farewell. This hymn focuses on Athena's aspect as a goddess of war. She is invoked as the defender of cities, but then the poet describes how she, along with the god of war Ares, destroys cities. She is both destroyer and savior of the people. And for good measure, the poet asks for good fortune and joy in the farewell. What makes hymn 11 interesting is that inclusion of Ares the Greeks had two different war gods and they served two different purposes in the concept of war. And while we see stories about the two of them, think about the Iliad, right? Um, We rarely see them together for any sort of religious or ritualistic purpose. And ultimately, this collection of poetry is called the Homeric hymns for a reason. These are prayers or songs that are somehow part of a religious practice. Um... And I mean, and remember, theater initially was a religious ceremony and poetry competitions were a religious ceremony. And that's that's what we have in this collection are poems, hymns that were written for religious purposes. Right. Um, So it's interesting that Hymn 11 shows Athena and Ares side by side on the battlefield. That's not something we typically see in religious practice. So, there we have him 11. Him 28 is a little bit longer, so we will take a quick break before going through that one. second hymn to athena is number 28 like many of the hymns in this collection we don't know much about where or when it was written um stylistically it appears to have been written um after the long hymn to apollo um it's uh 18 lines long and and tells part of the story of of her birth so yeah it's similar to that so but yeah we don't know that that much about it 11 um sorry 18 lines um, the poet invokes the goddess and calls her by a common epithet, um, Tritogenia. And when I say common, I mean that it is something that Athena is commonly called. I didn't really use the term um, when we were doing the Iliad, but Homer frequently calls her Tritogenia, um, and it is a term that refers solely to Athena. And it translates as. Well, that's a good question. Um, it might mean true-born. Um, because she's the true born daughter of Zeus, it might mean third born tree, you know, TRI for three, um, cause you know, she's his third child. Um, it might have something to do with the river God Triton, Tritogenia, um, that Genia part, that's Genesis, right? That birth, that, that part, but it, what that first part means is what, what's confusing, um so the exact meaning has been lost other than that tritogenia is another name for athena (laughs) so if you see it it's talking about athena um back to the poem we are told zeus bears her from his head um and that she's dressed in full armor when that happens and she's also wielding a spear Olympus shakes as do the earth and the sea when she is born. The sun stops in the sky long enough for her to put her weapons down. And Zeus laughs. And with that, the poet says farewell and that they'll remember her and sing of her again. So we saw a bit more detail about the birth of Athena in Hesiod's Theogony. um, But he doesn't mention the armor. For one reason or another, that detail is left out of his telling. So... The two things of note in this hymn are her epithet, and that's primarily because I haven't talked about it yet, <laughs> and her clothing. In both of these hymns, we see Athena, the war goddess, not Athena, the goddess of wisdom. And, and there are lots of stories about her as the goddess of wisdom, and um, we'll we'll get to them as we read other other sources, um, but not here, not in the Homeric hymns, um. So so there we have it, the two Homeric hymns dedicated to Athena. I'd love to hear your thoughts on them. Maybe you have an idea of what Tritogenia means, that, that something new and fun. <laughs> the link to the blog, as always, is in the show notes. I hope that you have a nice weekend or whatever's next on your calendar. On Monday, we will discuss Euripides' Hippolytus. Talk to you then.